Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. I thank you, my name, as my name is Pastor Eric Hubbard. And as we take and go into the Word of God, I pray that this message and these uh, teachings that we have will be a blessing to you. There are two ways that you can reach us. First, by email at pastoreric523 at gmail.com. That's pastoreric523 at gmail.com. Or you can write us at Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061. That's Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061. And now, as we go into uh, many call Passover season, uh, others Easter, but this is the time that as we uh, notice and take note of the one of the most important time for believers, and we bless God for the birth of Christ, but if Jesus was just was born, if he would have somehow decided or chosen to not go to that cross, then everything and all things would have been lost to us. Yes, we still could have had life. Yes, we could still could have been born. But all of us, all of us who are born again through him today would not have the pleasure and the privilege of knowing Christ as our Lord and Savior. But praise be to God that Jesus, knowing his destiny, knowing the mission that the Father had prepared for him, he voluntarily came. The Bible says, for the joy that was set forth before him, he, he, he despised the shame. And for the joy that was set before him, he, he looked beyond the cross, despising the shame. And for the joy that was set before him, he went to the cross anyway. Now, I might have messed that up a little bit, but I pray that you understand what I'm talking about, that Jesus, knowing, seeing what was seen within his mind, knowing of the scourging and the, that they were going to do to him, that they were going to pull his beard out. Can you imagine somebody taking the very hairs of your face and pulling them out, that they beat him with uh, the score? They scourged him. It wasn't just beating as you would with a stick or with a whip. But these things were, they called them a cat of nine tails, where it was a leather strap mixed with glass and, and uh, 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 spikes or nails and whatever else they could put into that. And the Romans were, were, were uh, you would call them expert at torture. They knew how to uh, make their prisoners talk or suffer. They wanted you to suffer before you died because they wanted to punish you and make an example of you so that others, when they saw this, that they too would not want to go along this line uh, that will cause them to get this punishment. But we thank God that Jesus knowing that all of these things were waiting for him, and yet he looked beyond it for the joy, saying, if I, as he had said in the scripture, that if a corn of wheat does not uh, uh, fall to the ground and die, it abides alone. But he was that corn of wheat. And he was willing to be buried in a tomb. And because he was buried in the tomb, he got up and the church was born because he got up. If Jesus would not have gotten up out of that grave, then all that we do again would have been in vain. He had to finish his course. He not only had to live the sinner's life, he not only had to... Uh, uh, train and disciple those men and women who followed him. But he also had to take the scour scourging and then 
he had to uh, 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 trust his father that this old earthly body that he walked around in that got tired and, and had misery, not misery, I'm sorry, but uh, had, had, uh, had, had got tired, that need to be bathed and all the things that the body go through. He had to have all the bodily functions that that we go through, you know, of having the sun beat down on your head and being cold and, you know, and yet being hungry. The Bible says he was hungry at times. Uh, when he was on the cross, he said, I thirst. So he was a man. And yet seeing all of this, Jesus said, I go to do the will of my father. He said, my meat is to do the will of God. He said, that's what me, that's what fulfills me. And I am so grateful. I am so thankful. And I believe that every, again, every believer, if you truly know what Jesus went through to get us to where we are today as born again believers, part of the family of God, nobody else could do it. Samson couldn't do it. David couldn't do it. Elijah couldn't do it. Any of the apostles, Abraham couldn't do it. Nobody could do it. Jesus was the only one that could stand in the gap and make up a hedge, make up the hedge that bound and brought us to and reconciled us back with God. So today we're going to talk and, and, and going to have this little talk today about grace being the first and best plan of God. And uh, I believe, and as the scriptures have said, and we're going to talk about this today, that from the beginning, this was God's plan. God wanted more for us just to be on, just to be on the earth, but he was part of his family. When Adam was born into the world, he wasn't born, born a holy man. He was born an innocent man. He didn't know right from wrong. That's why the Bible says that, and, that, that uh, he was told not to eat of the tree of, of good and evil. That was, his, that was, his, that was uh, God's instruction to him because he was innocent and he didn't know all those things that came upon men. But here Adam was being born into the world and he didn't know what he didn't know. Satan, Satan used against him. He used his ignorance. And when he when he rebelled against God by doing something that God told him not to do, he suffered. So now let's go into the scripture as we continue this study. First in the book of John, John 10 chapter. And we're going to start reading at the 10th verse, John 10. And it says, I'm just going to take a portion of this verse where Jesus says, I am come that you might have life and that life more abundantly. And when Jesus was beginning to talk to them about how that the thief cometh not, but for to steal, kill and destroy, he was letting uh, his disciples know and all those that are around him that I am the life. As the first Adam who was born into the earth and, uh, and as God, when God breathed into him and he received life. Adam was, it was, of course, was the first Adam or the first man. And we know the scripture says that Jesus was the last Adam, but he was different from the first because the first Adam was an earthly man. He was, he was from the earth. He was from the, he was from the form from the dust of the earth. But Jesus was and is God in flesh. So as we pick up here now in 1 Corinthians 15, 45, we're going to see what, uh, the right, what, what, uh, we believe Paul wrote the book of Hebrews, but the, uh, uh, the author of Hebrews is not uh, recorded in Scripture. But here in uh, 1 Corinthians 15.45, it says, And so it is written, 
The first Adam was made a living soul. And as I said before, Adam was formed from the dust, as we know. And it says the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit that was not first which is spiritual, but which is natural. And Adam, again, was the first man, and he was the natural man. And after that, which is spiritual. The first man, Adam, earthly. The second man, Jesus, Lord from heaven. And he that is, is of earthy, such as they also are earth, earthy. And that is the heavenly, such as they that are heavenly. And as we are born the image of the earthly, because we are born in the earth, we also shall bear the image of the heavenly, which is Christ Jesus in us, our hope of glory. And as we begin to read these scriptures, again, we're going to contrast uh, the first Adam, born in the earth, the second Adam, Christ, came down from heaven. So now let's go over and just talk a little bit more about uh, Adam and Jesus. We know that when Adam sinned, the Bible says in uh, uh, in Genesis 3.21, it says this. It says, and unto Adam also and his wife did the Lord make coats of skin and clothe them. Now this is after Adam and Eve had sinned. They now come into knowledge of good and evil. They come to know that they are naked. And because they are, uh, and now they've got to fend for themselves. But what did the loving God do? He, an animal, had to die because it said he made coats of skin. So an animal died, whether it was a goat or whether it was uh, um, uh, a, a cow or whatever it was, that animal was, uh, uh, its skin was used to cover them. But think about the second half of Jesus. What did Jesus do? Let's read now in the book of um, the book of Corinthians. Again, let's uh, let's pick this up here. I'm sorry, uh, John. I'm sorry, John three seventeen. And now we're going to talk about Jesus. And as we talk about him, let's see what Jesus did when he came into the earth. It says in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. And whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent his son into the world. God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So what did Jesus do? Jesus came to cover us from our sin. And see, as we think about these things, the first Adam, he he. he he had the knowledge of the earth. He didn't have, again, he was an innocent man. But Jesus was holy and, per and a perfect man. He was the perfect Adam, the complete Adam. Yes, he was God, but also he was man. And Jesus had, had lived a life, and he did live a life that was sinless, and he came for this one purpose, to fulfill the plan of God. And as we read these scriptures again, we're going to compare what Jesus did and compared to what the life of Adam and what he did. And again, the first Adam had to be clothed, but Jesus was a clother. We are covered by the blood of Jesus. And because of that blood, whenever the father looks upon us, he sees the blood of his son. One drop of the blood of Jesus was enough to save any and everybody. And the sacrifice that he was willing to make and again, I go back and say it again. And I don't think I can say it enough that he did it willingly. If, if Jesus would have did it against his will, it could have been considered murder. 
But what he did was, as we talked about early, earlier, how that he looked beyond all of the shame, all of the, uh, of the scourging, all of the things that came against him. And he said, yes, I'll go. I'll do it. I'll volunteer. Remember when they were preparing to take him before uh, uh, Pilate in the judgment hall, they brought him before the chief priest. And even in the garden, when uh, uh, they were getting ready to uh, uh, take him out, Jesus said, and they, someone talked to him about uh, protecting him. And, and one man drew, I think it was Peter, took his sword and cut off his servant's ear. And Jesus said, oh, oh, oh put your sword up. He said, don't you know? that I have the power to call down 12 legions of angels unto my father. But what did he say? No, I'm volunteering for this. Love is driving me. I'm after something bigger than my life. And what my life is going to bring about, they didn't know then. They were trying to protect that body. But what Jesus was doing was, he's knowing I got a deposited body into the earth so that I can reap a harvest. For only if you sow can you reap. And if Jesus did not sow himself and he did not, he did not allow God to sow him for payment for what Adam had done, then none of us could be saved. But because Jesus was willing to be the sacrificial offering, the, the, the seed that God was planting in the earth, that is why he could not let anybody save him. He's saying, I've got to go. You may not understand it now, but you will later when you find out why I've come into the world. And now we're going to just contrast more how, about what Jesus, uh, what came about when Jesus was willing to go to that cross and what he was willing to do for us and what was born out of him. And we're going to contrast that to what came out of Adam and Eve. Let's go now to uh, Genesis, the second chapter, 21st verse. And we're going to see first how that what came out of Adam was the mother of all things. Genesis 2.21 says this. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept. And he took one of his ribs, closed up the flesh thereof. And the rib which, which the Lord had taken from man, made he a woman, and brought her to the man. The 23rd verse says, And Adam said, this is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman because she was taken of man. And then what does God say? Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one. Because life came out of Adam, and, and the, the foundation of life came out of Adam, because that rib was the foundation which God uh, made or built this woman. And now let's go over now to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews, the ninth chapter, verse number 16. And we're going to talk about how what God did as um, as uh, uh, the church was formed out of Christ. And let's read here. Hebrews, the ninth chapter. I'm going to read about the 16th verse. And it reads, for where a testament is, there must also of a necessity be the death of the tester. And what the Hebrew writer is saying here, that whenever there's a will. And that's why we call the New Testament uh, a testament. It's uh, many of us, many of you are, have probably, are, are, hopefully you have heard of a last will and testament. So in other words, when you have been granted by uh, you an heir of your father, mother, sister, uh, aunt, whomever has, if they've left you something 
It comes to you after their death. But the only way that will comes to pass is when the death must first take part. So that's what's being called the testator or testa uh, testator. That's the person who's going to die. But the person who inherits is the one who's still alive. The 17th verse says, for a, tester is a, a testament is a force after men are dead. Otherwise, it's of no effect at all while the tester liveth. Where, whereupon, neither is the first testament was dedicated without blood. So, and as uh, we go and read, I'm going to skip along this little bit to just uh, move, move us forward. In the, uh, when the Old Testament was written, and Moses instituted the laws of sacrifice, how that uh, there were sin sacrifices and, and things that per uh, people and what the church and what Israel did in the wilderness. And even after they got to Canaan, there were things that they did. They sacrificed uh, calves and goats and lambs and all these things. And that blood had to be taken and put upon the altar. And then on the Day of Atonement, at certain times of the year, the high priest would go into the, um, into the, uh, into the tent. And they later on into the temple. And they would go into the court, into the uh, uh, inner court, and then on, into the Holy of Holies. And the blood of that lamb would be taken and put upon the altar. And if it was acceptable, then that priest would come out and the people would rejoice because they knew that for one year, their sins were forgiven. But so now we're going to skip on down from the 17th verse. And now we're going to go down around, I'd say around the um, 21st verse. And it says, Moreover, he sprinkled the blood, both the temp both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without the shedding of blood is no remission. So if Jesus did not go to that cross, if he if he if he was not, if his blood was not shed, then the New Testament and all the promises that Christ had made could not have been in effect for us. But because he did it, it is in effect. So now let's read on the 23rd verse. It was therefore necessary that the things in heaven should be purified with these. But the heavenly things, them, things themselves was a better sacrifice than these. For Christ is not entered into the holy place made with hand, which are figures of the truth, but to heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. And so what the writer is saying here is on the earth, every year, the high priest had to make an, 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 uh, an offering, an atonement for the people. But what did Jesus do? One time he died. One time his blood was taken up to heaven and offered for us. And that one time, that one offering has sufficed all of the anger. The Bible says that cursed be he that hangeth on the tree. And what did Jesus do? He was he was crucified. He was nailed to a cross and he hung there until a, a, a spear was rammed into his side and blood came out. Think about that. Out of Adam, the mother of all things came and out of uh, uh, Eve, the life of all men. Out of the woman comes uh, the life for men. Well, think about it, what Jesus did. Out of, the, out of that soldier putting that uh, 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 spear into Jesus' side, piercing his heart and blood and water coming out of him. Out of that, because his blood came to the earth, now he's he's ready to be uh, put into the uh, ground. He's ready to be offered up to God. 
And when he died and was planted into the grave, into the sepulcher, and went down to hell, defeated the devil, came up out of hell and was, was resurrected and was seen of men and women upon the earth. But before all of this happened, he took his blood to heaven and it was offered unto God. And because he was willing to be sacrificed and did everything and, satisf and satisfied everything that the law required for a man's sin to be forgiven, Jesus was willing to do. And when he did that, Jesus, just as Adam and Eve brought forth the first man uh, out of them, so did Jesus create a new man when he also was, was uh, uh, when he was uh, slammed in the side with that spear and blood and water came out. Now he was preparing the way for the new man to be created. And now we're going to go over to the book of Ephesians, second chapter. And we're going to read uh, Ephesians 2.13. And it goes and it says, but now is Christ Jesus, who sometimes were afar off. Now ye who were sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. We are near to him. We are dear children. We are the uh, uh, the heirs of Christ, joint heirs with Christ, rather. It's the seed of Abraham because he was willing and he did die. And because of his death, now we are more than uh, uh, we are more than servants. We are brothers and sisters. We are fellow heirs with Christ. And the Bible said in the 14th verse, he is our peace who made both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us. In other words, in the Old Testament, there was a difference between the Jew and the Gentile, those of the law and those of uh, we were considered heathen because we did not. We did not know God, but now Jesus came, broke down the middle wall, and now whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And the 15th verse said, having abolished in his flesh the enmity. What does that enmity mean? Enmity, enmity means uh, uh, that which is against. Whereas the Bible scripture says that uh, the flesh is not subject to the law, neither, it, neither indeed can be. So in other words, our natural man cannot obey God. A mind, an unrenewed mind is enmity against God. In other words, it's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. That's why when we were out in the word, we had, world, we had habits, we had uh, things that held us, we had addictions, we had things that we did that were familiar to us. We wanted to quit. We wanted to, uh, you know, uh, people go to AA and they go to all of these things, which are good. If, if uh, you know, if whatever can help you to break the, the alcohol or the uh, drug addiction is good. But I say unto you, it will not set you free and make you ready for heaven. Only Christ can do. Only nothing can do what Christ can do. And now we go to the 16th verse and he says, and that he has that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the image thereby. But let's go back to the 15th, which I didn't want to omit. The 15th verse says, having abolished in the flesh the enmity, in other words, the wall, the separation, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances for, for to make it himself of the two, the Jew and the Greek, those of the law and outside the law, one new man, so making peace. Now that we are in Christ, scripture says there is neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female. There is no difference between bond or free. 
We are all one in Christ Jesus. Whether you're black or white, whatever your nationality may be, you have the same right to the to, to God. You can boldly go before the throne of grace because you are now a believer. You are now of the seed of Abraham because of the sacrifice that Jesus did. He willingly, I say again, went to the cross. And if we go now to the book of Revelations, I believe it's around the uh, uh, the eighth verse, it says, uh, when in Revelation, when it talks about uh, the man of sin and how he shall be revealed, it talks about what Christ has already done. Revelation 13, 8 says that all they that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose name are not written in the Lamb's book, in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. The life of Jesus, the way, the way to grace. Grace was God's best choice and in God's best plan for us from the foundation of the world. Why? Because God knew that sin would come in. That somehow, some way, man was going to break uh, uh, the, the, the innocency. And they were, man, was, we were, not they, our fathers, somebody was going to cause Jesus to have to come to the earth. And before Jesus, uh, before man, Adam ever sinned, Jesus had already agreed to come. He had already said, I'll come. I'll go, Father. I'll go and be the sacrifice. I'll go and be abused. I'll go and be beaten. I'll go and be uh, scourged. I'll go because of the love of, 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 what, of what you have put inside of me and, who, and the love that we are. See, the, the love that God had, Jesus is God expressed in flesh. That's why Jesus says that I and my father are one. The same love that God is, is the same love that Jesus displayed. Jesus is God in flesh. And that, and, and, and the God that's in the heaven came down in the form of his son and showed us example of who he really is, that he was willing to die for sinful, uh, uh, filthy, raggedy. I'm talking about all of us. He, uh, Romans, the third chapter says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And if you think that you didn't need God, that you know what, I'm just going, you know, just to, uh, I just want to complete, just, uh, God just going to be the uh, top to my cake. He's going to be the icing on top. If Jesus is not all of your salvation, you have no salvation because God plus you equals nothing. But nothing plus Jesus equals everything. Did you hear me? You, your, I'm going to put it another way. Your righteousness plus God's righteousness equal no righteousness. But no righteousness plus Jesus' righteousness means righteousness forever. Because what Jesus did and his, and his, his sacrificial offering of himself has brought about the forgiveness of sins, any sins of today, of yesterday and, 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 and tomorrow have already been taken care of. Jesus died for the whole world. He made salvation available for all men. The issue is, will all men, will men receive what Jesus has already done? Let's go now to the last uh, chapter today as we, as we uh, close this out. It's going to be in the book of Hebrews, the 10th chapter. And we're going to read just now about what the Hebrew writer begins to talk about. Again, it's talking about the sacrifice and why uh, uh, the, this 
resurrection weekend, this, this Passover weekend, this weekend, and, call it, and, and many call it Easter. But whatever you call it, Jesus must be the center of it. For whether, if he's not the center of why you are celebrating this weekend, then you are celebrating in vain. Let's read Hebrews 10.4. And it says, For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin. Wherefore, when he cometh, and it's talking about Jesus. When Jesus comes into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering thou would not, but a body you have prepared for me. And burnt offerings and, and sacrifice for sin. He says, Father, you have no pleasure. But then Jesus said, lo, he said, look, I am come. And the volume of the book is written of me to do thy will, O God. What Jesus said, look here, from Genesis to Revelation, the book was written and is written everywhere you look, you should see me. If you look and get a revelation of, of the scripture, all of this points to me coming to earth, living a sinless life, dying on the cross, going into hell, bringing back the captives from hell, defeating the enemy and going back to heaven. He said the volume of the book was written of me. Then he says in the eighth verse, sacrifice and burnt offerings and offerings of sin thou would not, neither have thou present therein, which are offered by the law. Then he says, lo, he said, look again, I come to do the will of thy will, O God, that he takes away the first, which is the law, that he may establish the second, which is grace. By the which will we sacrifice to the offering of the body of Jesus once for all. As I said a few minutes ago, what Jesus did settled everything. That's why God is not causing the storms that, that, that you see take many lives. God does not cause the volcanoes to erupt and destroy cities and homes. And, and God is not the one sending uh uh, the plagues on the earth from COVID-1 to COVID-19 to all the other pestilence and plagues that have come, will come, and is come upon the earth. God is a God of love. But then it goes on to say in the 10th verse, by the which will we are sacrificed, we, by the which will we are sacrificed to the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And it goes on to say, as we close out today, but this man, after he had offered once sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. For by one offering in the 14th verse, it says, he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. Where the Holy Ghost is the witness of us to us, for after he has said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my law and to their hearts and their minds will I write them. And then he says the most beautiful verse to every believer in all the earth. He says in Hebrews 10, 17, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. And if you would go back, uh, I believe around um, Hebrews 12, I believe Hebrews 8, 12, this same verse 
it, the same uh, scripture here is said. It, it's written again in the Hebrews the eighth chapter. It talks again. It, it, it quotes again how the Lord says, "Their sins and their iniquities, I will remember no more." And see, as um, as you read this, I challenge you to uh, now not ch- I not only challenge you, but just ask you to go and read Hebrews eight, read Hebrews ten, and you will see how that the Lord is saying. Sin is not a problem with me. This is Hebrews 8 and 12. I'll read it for you. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. That's Hebrews 8, 12. Hebrews 10, 17 says basically the same thing. Well, he says their sins and their iniquities. In other words, Eric's sins, Eric's iniquities will I remember no more. God is so good. God is so kind. And the plan for grace, God's undeserved, unmerited favor, it was his plan from the beginning. It was not a substitute plan. It was not something of happenstance. But this weekend was, uh, this Easter Sunday, this Passover Sunday, this Resurrection Sunday was in God's heart from the beginning. I pray that you'll get this become a revelation to you. And it can be if you would just say within these, your heart, if you are not saved today, Jesus, I'll offer myself to you. Forgive me of my sins. I thank you that your blood will wa- has washed all of them away. For you said in your words, my sins and my iniquities that I remember no more. And you said in your words, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. By faith, I'm now part of the family of God. And now I seek you to lead me, to guide me, and to show me your way. I pray again that you have received something out of this message today. And I pray on not only on this Sunday, on Resurrection Sunday, but every Sunday, every day, that you remember that Jesus is Lord of our lives and Jesus is coming soon. I pray you join us again for Journeys in Grace as we continue to study the Word of the Lord.